feel that. In the city, I feel like we have a, a sort of window, and it's like God saying, seek me now, because I can be found now. And um, oh, I just feel in my spirit um, that he's gathering, uh, that the clouds are gathering, and there's going to be a big outpouring, really, of his spirit. But I think it's going to come and take us a bit by surprise, a bit like coming through the back door. And I want to be ready. I don't know about you, but I just want to have everything that there is to have of what he's going to do. And I think it's going to be on a scale that we've probably not seen for a while. And I'm not the only one that feels that, which is quite nice, quite exciting. So let's just agree now to open our hearts to everything that he wants to do, um, because it's a safe place, isn't it? And hopefully if I make myself vulnerable and Steve makes his self vulnerable, we'll, we'll all feel vulnerable together. <laughs> Um, so basically, this is an invitation, a challenge and a promise, all in five verses. I mean, gosh, I could talk all night on this. So first of all, God is giving an invitation to the financially poor and the spiritually thirsty, not necessarily the same thing. Um, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And I think the tragedy today, isn't it, is that we can live the lie that we can buy our problems away and we can throw money at the issues um, and yet in Isaiah 52.3 it says without money you will be redeemed and we live in this city don't we of such beauty I was just thanking God's sake I was just so aware of the beauty around us we're on the doorstep of gorgeous scenery and we also have the, the privilege of going into a beautiful town. We have international students staying with us regularly and we've just had some Croatians staying here from a poorer area of Croatia and they were just like bowled over with the beauty that is on our doorstep. Uh, it's really good to spend time with people like that because it reminds you of what there is to be thankful for but I think sometimes it can be a bit of a distraction. So we've got the nice buildings and theatre and if we want to we can go and have a little spa or we can share ourselves up with a bit of history and eating and drinking, you know. And if we've got a bit of money, our neediness can sort of temporarily disappear. And it, 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 that's great. As I say, I was thanking God for it. But I think sometimes the result can be a failure to acknowledge the deeper things, the spiritual things. There's a dulling of our spirit somehow that happens um, not just in Bath in cities in general uh, has anybody watched that um, programme is it called The Real Majestic Hotel The Real, yeah, Marigold Hotel I was just like uh, really saddened at Wayne Sleep who was sort of a real I loved him in my childhood you know, I loved watching him on telly and stuff but I was really sad that actually it's taken till now for him to actually acknowledge that he's got a spiritual side and that that spiritual side of him is in need and he's needs that need to be addressed. And it's even more sad that he looks to, to Hinduism to try and find it. Um, and and the, the diagnosis of cancer. And I don't want it to take that 
Um, I know people who said, what's it going to take? And sadly, in, in cases, it has taken that, or death, or bereavement, or something to, to push us to that stage where we actually know that there's something deeper that's missing. And, it, and this passage is kind of quite offensive, isn't it? Because it's, it's saying that actually there might just be a chance that we might have just been spending our lives on something that's not going to do it. <laughs> So actually to read it and get through it is quite a challenge in itself because there might just be something inside of us that, that has to acknowledge that there's more to life, that there's more to come. And God's saying he's going to show up, you know. And there's humility that's required here. He's saying, come, come to me. And I think anybody that has to acknowledge that they need something else or somebody else has to be humble, don't they? And that's not necessarily easy to go, actually, independence is not doing it for me. It's not cutting it. And I'm just admitting defeat now. Um, and so, basically, it's, it's him going, come on, it's time to say, I need you, Jesus. I need you. And I know we've all been there, perhaps, in our salvation experience, but how many of us have been there since? But it's so cool that all this is free. I've just um, been on a... I'm just partaking in a, a time with some women in the city from different churches. We got together and we decided that we'd explore the whole realm of dreams and interpretation of dreams. A few of us have dreams and we're just kind of wondering what that's about and is there anything we're missing? And it's been fantastic to do this course and to help each other, to mentor each other, to supervise each other and welcome God's Spirit in and have that free counsel. We have found our prayer lives have completely changed. My expectancy has just gone through the roof. My ability to relate and to love people has increased. It's given me understanding in situations and unlocking in situations that I wouldn't have had before. And um, a warnings and pre predictions sometimes of what's going to be happening and insight from heaven. And I'm just like, wow, all this stuff. The psalmist says um, somewhere <laughs> that he, he counsels you even at night. He counsels me even in the night time. My heart instructs me. And that's just one verse. And how much have we been missing? If anyone's interested in that, please talk to me afterwards by the way because there is a inkling and a hope that we might be able to reciprocate that training um, on a wider level um, <clears throat> so there's, there's free freebies on offer from, from the Holy Spirit here not just uh, dream revelation but counsel and heart change and stuff from heaven to keep us going to address our spiritual need for something more there's more to life than this Some, we must have felt that I know I have plenty of times secondly there's this challenge why labour and toil in vain why spend your money on stuff that just doesn't satisfy so God's challenging us tonight not just uh, talking about material well-being, not just talking about having our, 
um, comfort and security in our uh, position or what we aspire to become perhaps we're students here um, not just in these things or the car we've got um, actually for me that's not a big deal I just you know, describe a car by the size and the colour but for the gentleman in the um, congregation it may be different um, and I think God is actually wanting to challenge us tonight about our heart condition and he wants to get involved and manage the brokenness of our hearts you see we can spend a lot of time and energy on broken heartedness actually and it takes a, a long time it, it, in fact if you get your heart addressed by God you could be saving years <laughs> I've had people say that to me, Sarah, it's much better to just go with this prophetic stuff or this dream or this healing thing now and get it sorted out and nailed because actually you're doing yourself a big favour. You're saving years in counselling and years in money. (laughs) And while for a while we have to be splattered around and broken and crying, it's really good because he does heal those bits that others can't reach. So some heart conditions I'm going to put out there for you to ponder. Um, Anxiety in the heart of man makes you sick, makes you down. Anxiety and depression, very closely linked. God wants to meet those anxious thoughts that we struggle with in the secret place. Not all the same for everybody. Um, Maybe you've got a heart that's sick because of deferred hope. Deferred hope makes the heart sick maybe a longing or something that you've looked for or wanted all your life and never had or something that was taken away from you Um, maybe that we're lonely or maybe that we struggle with aggression and cold-heartedness cold anger Proverbs 4.23 above all guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life And these heart conditions, if we allow them to creep in through the back door and we're not really paying attention and guarding our hearts and being proactive in the management of them, can cause a sort of lack of emotional engagement, can't they? And we put layer upon layer over ourselves to just get a bit more detached, a bit more protection. Thank you very much. I won't get too involved there because I just might feel something. And inadvertently, we put these things in place, and before we know it, we're in that really difficult place with God where we can't actually gain very well. And we're a bit sort of devoid of allowing him that space to work. So, so yeah, I've, I've had many... Um, experiences of him doing it for free and on this dream course you know um, my friend Mel she, she'll be doing her homework we have homework to do and uh, she'll be in the cafe and so on and say what are you doing and, and she'll get into this chat about dreams and stuff and people are fascinated they really want to know about a God who speaks today and I think sometimes it's, it's just necessary for us to introduce him as the counsellor, isn't it? As the one who sets us free, as the one who meets us in the spiritual place. I don't think there's enough of it in this society. So it's a challenge to stop. I find that really hard. If you ask Tim, he'll tell you. 
but I find it really difficult to stop what I'm doing and give God space. In fact, we have this little time in staff team where it's, you're it now and then. You, it's your turn to be it, and you have to sit in the middle of the room, and everybody prays for you, and they prophesy, and they feel what God's saying. And every single time it's, I've been it, the word's been the same. <laughs> stop. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just standing up here saying, you know, I'm not preaching anything to you that I don't need to hear myself. So what is on offer here, God? What is God actually saying that he is giving us through this? What's the promise? What's the stuff that he wants to bring? Well, first of all, he talks about milk. And I think this is the basic message of salvation. 1 Corinthians 3, 2 starts to talk about you've received milk, um, but God wanting to take us on to solid food. So milk is kind of the essence of the grace message of Jesus, saying, actually, come to me just as you are, just as you are, with all your failings and stuff and rubbish, because I love you just like that. Just let that sink in for a sec. You might be in that place. The food, the bread of life, the living word. So this is the the word of God on which we stand when uh, our feelings are screaming something else out to us. This is the word of God that gives us a maturity that's not based just on feelings. And in these times we have to be a people that are going to stand through thick and thin when it's stuff that's put on the line really the word of God helps us to live our faith out and gives us wisdom and understanding for how to do life his way and not our way upside down kingdom values you know they don't make sense to anybody else water the strength of the spirit living water that doesn't run dry you you know I think of Jesus and the, the woman at the well in John 4 and how she's so desperate and he says just come for a drink and you won't thirst again living water wine the, the wine of the new covenant it's not through old works it's not through strivings and achievements and stuff that you do or prayers that you pray for God or acts of service but through the new grace way in him and I think that's, there's something about the wine of the Spirit that brings joy, real joy, in spite of where it's at. You know, sometimes the problem doesn't go away, but we have this amazing joy that bubbles up that just transcends understanding. It doesn't make any sense. It's just ridiculous. But, boy, it's amazing when you have that, you know. I remember in the Salvation Army, there were a lot of drunk people there when I worked there. And I remember one evening when there were a load of them just hanging out. I found myself in this circle of, um, you know, rappers and really funky people with hoods on. And and I was there going, guys, you know, just there's this wine in Jesus. You should check it out. It is so amazing. I mean, you think that is a high, but boy, you should come and try some of this. And they were like really interested. And they got some prayer and it just went a bit mad. <laughs> because these guys needed it. Don't we all? Don't we all? And pray. And doesn't it say if we humble ourselves and pray, he'll come and heal? 
somewhere. So, um, verse 3, 4, and 5. <clears throat> Hear me that your soul may live and I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. Talks about David being made a witness to the people, a leader of people, and surely you will summon nations who don't know you. Nations who don't know you will hasten to you because I, the Holy One, have endowed you with splendor. And this speaks to me of life for my soul to me means a delight, a promise of delight, something that I'm really pleased about, something that uplifts me in my mind, you know, that takes away my low lowness, that gives me a reason to get up in the morning. And it's not just for now, it's a covenant thing. This is Jesus going, I've made a covenant with you. This is forever stuff. You know, you might feel one day to the next that you could ditch it, but actually I'm in it for, for life. And that sort of redeemer that says, I'm in it for life, I'm never going to give up on you, makes me want to hang around. I can't can't let that one go. (laughs) Be stupid, wouldn't it? So this is an everlasting relationship. And I think of Jesus when he got baptised and how... The father said, first of all, the father said, this is my son. You know, how many of us really know the covenant relationship with our father that goes, I called you, I made you in the secret place, I called you out of darkness by your name and you belong to me now. You're my daughter, you're my son. How many of us really know that in our hearts now? And then he said, I'm pleased with him. And I thought, gosh, you know, Father, you really do want to speak that over us tonight, that he, he's pleased with us. And that is the, the new covenant, isn't it? And that's the place where we need to start from the favor of God in our lives. And that's the stuff that people will see in us. That's the splendor that's endowed on us. You know, the, the royalty. We're a royal priesthood, but half the time we go around with our heads down and we put ourselves down. And the enemy doesn't need to get a, a look in because actually we do half it ourselves. And there's a defeated army, and God wants to say, hang on a minute, dip your heart back in the stream of life, because I died for this. You know, it's a disgrace really, isn't it? It's an offence to him every time we do that. His favour is on you, and there's this call of the, the bridegroom going, come, I'm coming back for you and I want you to come to me and we're in a season where he's saying just wake up just wake up and start shaping yourselves and positioning yourselves to carry everything that I've got new mercies every day Holy Spirit come how many of us do that? I've got this guitar teacher of Joey's and he's got this mug that says I wake up like this every morning Now, we had a bit of a joke about him having five kids and caffeine is the only way forward. But actually, the Holy Spirit is the way forward. 
And I've started to say, Holy Spirit, I need you today. I really need you. Please fill me and give me everything that there is to have. Because this redemption isn't just the sin thing being dealt with. It's not just the shame being taken away. There's so much more. My friend Faith led this communion the other day, and it was so fab. I'm just going to nick her idea a minute. She said it's like God is in four dimension and you're in three. Or, if you want to put it more simply, you're like two-dimensional. So you're like that, a bit of paper, cardboard cutouts. And God is like 3D finger coming down like this. And you're going, hang on a minute, I don't get that. Because you're just looking at this finger pointing at you from your 2D flatness. And you can't quite work it out. And she was talking about what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Sozo. There's so much more than just, yeah, you've been forgiven for your sin. There's, there's deliverance. There's freedom from stuff, from habits, from ways of thinking and behaving that just are offensive and just exhausting, actually. There's a victorious way of living there's healing, there's help, there's prosperity, there's provision, there's welfare that's available that we sometimes neglect to look into. So because he's endowed us with splendor, people will see that. They will pick up on the fact that there's some kind of mantle on you, you know. There's an anointing on you and people are going to start coming for wisdom from you because you know the Father that made them. I've noticed this quite a bit lately that there's been more of them ringing me up and bending my ear and asking me if they can go for coffee and actually when that was prophesied because somebody prophesied this this year that there'd be more of this happening to to God's people I was like oh no I'm really tired I don't want any more of that but in fact it's a real privilege isn't it to be put in a position where where you're a confidant and people are sharing their heart searches with you and their journey and they're just going oh, I can't do life I'm just struggling and I think we're hel- we, we need to, to give account of him I, th- I think in that place it's not just about giving the wisdom and direction that people need from, from God and praying for them and stuff. it's actually going do you know what you can know him as well for colleagues and stuff you can know him as well so actually an overflow of this free stuff that's available from heaven that we don't have to buy is that actually a natural um, thing will happen where people will want to know what, what it is people have said to me what is it about you you really frustrate me that you just don't get stressed about stuff it's not true actually but they think that I don't get stressed about stuff because I've got a peace that they don't have and I said well, I can't help it it's God and if you think that that you can use your own sometimes I think sometimes we can go on about have a little pity party and say oh well you can do that sir but actually you know you don't know what's happened to me no I don't but he does and he says the same to you as he said to me and, and we can think oh but 
yeah, but you don't know, my, my sister's dying of cancer or had a, a miscarriage or blah de blah blah And it's all really hard, and it is. But actually, there's a call that we can neglect if we're not careful. Don't fall into that trap of self-pity. You know, I'm thinking of two examples in Scripture that I really felt God say to share. Daniel and Moses. Daniel probably went went um was exiled um, because of the Babylonian Empire, probably around his teens. And he was from a noble background, but he, he came over into this strange land in this strange way, and he had to stand before King Nebuchadnezzar, you know? Not a particularly nice character. His life was at risk, and he managed it. He was called to be in the courts. And Moses, Mo, what happened to him? He, his, his name means, I, I found him in the river. So all through his life, he was named Moses, and he was reminded of his legacy, that his mum ditched him in a river. So he could have given up really early on, couldn't he? And we know he had his struggles, but actually achieved quite a bit with the leader of the nation. So let's just take these examples of God just breathing on people who had it really tough, but actually managed to pull through. Steve, would you come and answer some questions for me? Thank you so much, Steve. That's a real inspiration for us, isn't it? I think um, it's probably time to wait on God for a bit now. (laughs) So I would challenge you to um, realize your thirst for him and your hunger for, for him. And actually, wherever you find yourself spiritually this evening, I think there's always more because it doesn't run dry. I just pray actually do that. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for the good work that you've begun in each one of us. I thank you that you have called us by our names, that you know how we're made, that you know our thoughts and our fears, our struggles, our ups and our downs, our inhibitions, the things we're ashamed of and the things we're happy about Lord you know how to give us a reason to get up in the morning and you know how to take us into deeper places in you and so I invite you Holy Spirit I invite you I thank you that you're always there knocking and there's always a, a place for you to minister to come and so Lord in this window of opportunity I pray that we wouldn't be complacent but that you'd soften us and help us to be vulnerable to all that you want to do in our lives so that we can carry the stuff that you're going to do soon in this city in Jesus name Amen